Welcome to episode three of the UK Housing Market Podcast. And today's topic, we're going to discuss the new help to buy scheme. Welcome to the UK Housing Market Podcast with your host Anish Patel and Thomas Honor. So for everyone that is tuning in, thank you first of all and welcome to our show. And what we want to discuss this week is the new Help to Buy podcast and we're going to kick things off with Tom who's going to give you guys a brief recap on the old Help to Buy scheme. Tom, over yep. to you. Cheers, Anish. So, um, Help to Buy, there's been a new scheme launched um, starting from the 1st of April 2021. Um, they started to accept applications from December 2020. Um, there's been a few changes to the old scheme. So I just want to do a quick recap in terms of what the old scheme was like um, and then the new scheme. And then we can look at the pros and cons of both. So the old Help to Buy scheme was available for both first time buyers and home movers. Um, you could buy, you could use it to buy properties up to £600,000. Um, and essentially, um, outside of London, you could apply to the government for a 20% equity loan. You would need to put in a minimum of a 5% deposit and then obtain a mortgage for the other 75%. Inside London, that equity loan can go up to 40%. Um, and yeah, you still need to put in the 5% deposit there and get a, a mortgage for the rest. Um, key differences on the new scheme then um, is they've introduced these regional price caps, which I know an issue you and I, we're going to ch- chat a bit about today in terms of the pros yeah. and cons of that. So the first thing they've done um, alongside the, the regional price caps is now it's only available for first time buyers. OK, um, so no, no home movers, no second time buyers are, are, are eligible for the scheme any longer. And then they've introduced these regional price caps. Um, so the way they've done it is they've set it at one and a half times the average forecast in that region for a first-time buyer price, if that makes sense. So they basically averaged the first-time buyer price in that region, and it's one and a half times that, which sounds relatively reasonable, I would say, on the service of it. But when actually when we delve a little bit deeper, um, there, it, it's, it's not actually in some areas, and particularly where I am in the country, um, it's causing some issues with um, first-time buyers because of the house prices. There's a huge disparity to the actual house price and these regional price caps. Okay, so still with me? Still makes sense so far, Anish? Am I doing a good job? Yeah, you know what? That sounded great. So I think, you know what, Tom, before we went on air, you were telling me a story basically about where you're at. So t- any of you that don't know Tom, he's Mr. Bista and Mr. Brackley. That's what he's known <laughs> as. And he was telling me this ridiculous story about how the house prices for the regional price gap from Bista to Brackley are different and in terms of like the distance between them on the borders so Tom yeah why don't you give the listeners a sort of insight on the price caps that we were discussing before we went on air yeah so anyone local to me will know that Brackley and Bista are our neighboring towns almost there's basically about a 10 minute drive between either of them so you've got Brackley which is a class as South Northamptonshire so that comes under the East Midlands regional price cap, which as it stands at the moment is 261,900. And you've got Bicester, literally, um, I mean, the, the, the edge of Bicester is less than a five minute drive, but actually central Bicester is about 10 minutes away. So literally you can go five minutes in your car into Bicester and you're in the Southeast <laughs> regional price cap, which um, goes up to 437,600. Wow. So quite wow. a big difference in the two. Massive. Now, 
if we look at East Midlands on the whole, the, the price cap, the two six one nine hundred, you know, East Midlands is a big old area, is quite reasonable. But when you go down to South Northamptonshire, where Brackley sits in, Brackley's like more Oxford and southeast than a lot of Oxfordshire is. Um, so you've got Brackley house prices, which are similar to southeast house prices. You know, I mean, I would say like a starter home, free bed, you know, a small free bed. You know, you're going to be starting at about two sixty. That's starting at. Um, but could easily go up to sort of 375 for a, a larger, say, detached three-bedroom home. Um, so obviously in Brackley, because it falls under this East Midland price cap, you can't buy those homes using the house buy scheme any longer because it exceeds the 261900 price cap in that area. If you get in your car and go five minutes down the drive, drive down the road to Vista, you potentially could because it goes up to um, the 437600. So... Yeah, I think when you delve a little bit deeper on this, you know, you've got two neighbouring towns, very, very different um, eligibility when it comes to help to buy. Yep. So, you know, to a degree, help to buy has almost died in my area of Brackley. Um, you do need to go into a southeast region, which, like I said, you could go to Banbury, which is 10 minutes one way, Vista, 10, 10 minutes the other way to get the higher price cap. But in Brackley, you know, it, it's very, very tough now to use that scheme any longer. So, Tom, look, what about, for example, if I was buying in Bista or any of your clients are buying in Bista, right? And what the price cap was four, three, seven, six hundred, you said? Yeah, so, yeah. So what happens if, for example, the property's worth 500,000? Because obviously, if I'm selling the property and I'm a developer, they're not going to sell it at four, three, seven, six hundred if it's worth 500,000. So is there a way around this or are your clients finding a way around this or the developers doing anything? What you well, I think the, the, yeah, the developers are up in arms about it really, because you know, <laughs> they, they, you're right. They're not going to reduce their prices because they're all about maintaining the value on the site. You know, they're not going to all of a sudden say this 500 grand house, we're going to give you an incentive and just to get it in the regional price. They're just not going to do that because it devalues the site. Um, so what, but what they are doing, what we're seeing in Brackley area, where they're part of the East Midlands price cap, so the 261900, is we found now that actually shared ownership is the way that some of these developers are using a bit of a loophole to still be able to sell their normal stock, um, but with some sort of incentive. Um, now, typically, for those of you that know, shared ownership is normally what we call an affordable housing scheme. There's normally something within the development plan, whether it's to do with planning or, or another condition that states that if you're building new homes, usually somewhere between sort of 20 and 30% of the site has to be affordable housing. That could be affordable rent or it could be a, a shared ownership. And then normally what happens is the developer, let's say Taylor Wimpy, will basically give those houses away, sell them off to a housing association. And they kind of, that's it. The housing association's job is to then sell them to their you know, list of affordable housing customers. What we're seeing now is that Selects of Taylor Wimpy are actually um, keeping the stock themselves and teaming up with third parties to offer their own shared ownership type schemes. So, and this is like I say, their way of still making the houses accessible and affordable to first-time buyers in this area. So, for example, I, you know, I've just done one for a, for a client. The house is priced at three hundred and ten grand. You know, a couple of months ago, they could have used the standard house to buy scheme on that. Mm. They can't any longer. So, what they're doing is they're using this this shared ownership scheme. Um, and they can potentially essentially buy a share of the property between 40 and 75%. The unsold share is then rented back um, from the housing association at an affordable rent. So that's one sort of a way around it. There's developers are sort of thinking outside the box, if you like, um, wow. to, to try and incentivize them. It's like a better call sold. It's like a little... Yeah. Like 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, how it impacts, you know, sales figures and things like that for the builders because they've had a, a good ride until recently. Mm-hmm. You know, new build has done really, really well with that help, the old help to buy scheme up until now. So it'll be interesting to see what the figures look like in sort of you know nine to 12 months at the end of this year. Now that old scheme's gone and they've, they've you know, they can only use the new scheme. Am I right in thinking then, obviously, if people are buying a share of the property, there are there must be some cost implications in the future for people to think about, right? Because when they're purchasing the additional share, because ideally people want to own the home outright at the end of the day, whereas in, you know, if they're purchasing 75% of the share, for example, then there could be further costs implicated to the client or the person in the future in terms of if they want to purchase that additional 25% share. Is that right? Yeah, so... Yeah. Essentially, with the, if you're doing the shared ownership route as a, an alternative option to how to buy in an area where the regional price caps have affected you, yeah, so shared ownership, you, normally you can only buy up to a 75% share from the off. You can't buy any more than that, but you can more often than not do something called staircasing, which essentially means you can buy out those remaining shares. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there will be costs for that. You know, essentially, you need to appoint a solicitor. It's probably going to involve a remortgage, revaluation of the house, um, costs to remove the you know, the third party or the housing association from the title deeds, et cetera. Um, and then in, in, with, in with shared ownership, well, it, whilst it's on the shared ownership scheme, it's, it's a leasehold tenure, um, mm. a shared ownership leasehold tenure, a 125-year lease. So when basically when you staircase that in full, that then transfers the tenure from leasehold to freehold. So there's some legal required, you know, some legal um, costs oh, yeah. to, to enable that to happen as well. So, yeah, there are some costs surrounding that. What about um, stamp duty? Would people have to pay stamp duty again? Yeah, yeah, stamp share? duty. Yeah, I mean, there are some... some. Um, what, what happens is you only pay stamp duty on the share. So it might be that um, initially it's advantageous to buy, you know, uh, if you've got, a, I don't know, yeah, a 400 grand property and you're buying it at a 50% share at 200,000, you know, you're only going to pay stamp duty on that 200,000 mm. rather than the the 400,000 full purchase price. So initially there are some, some benefits to that. When it comes to staircasing out, there are some additional stamp duty liabilities there as well. And obviously it will be based on the new value rather than the value yeah, that you yeah. bought at as well. So if it's increasing in value as property normally does, your stamp duty liability will increase alongside that as well. Wow, sounds like a headache, mate, for you and your clients for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think how to buy skins is, is, is been great. You know, it's helped a lot of people get on the ladder and I can see actually the reasons why they have now limited it to first-time buyers because yeah. I remember reading, I don't know the exact, you're the fact man, but I'm going to try and step in here and, and throw some vague facts out, okay. which is, yeah, I remember seeing that it, it was something crazy like, 60% of people using the help to buy scheme were actually home movers or second time movers when it's, you know, rather than first time buyers. So I can see why they've now changed it. Um, but I think they do need to look, take a closer look at those regional price caps and say, you know, you can't just chuck in Brackley as an example, which is very Southeast price based into East Midlands where, you know, the typical price cap, you know, you might be able to get a three bedroom house for 200,000 you know, 20 miles further north than where we are. But you just can't do that where we are. So, you know, there are certain areas. And same with, um, you know, other areas in, in the east of England. So the east of England have got a different price cap. So we're East Midlands, London, you've stayed at 600,000. So nothing's really changed in London. Yeah, and you've got really the east of England. Way. Yeah, you've got the east of England, which is like 407, 400. But, you know, some of the east of England 
um, geography map sits right on that London border. So, mm. you know, I'm not going to go through all the separate towns and areas because we'll be, you know, we've only got a certain amount of time and it'll probably, <laughs> everyone will start switching yeah, cool. off. But yeah, some of them really do border the London scheme. So, you know, again, it's going to be really, really tough for people that are just outside London, that aren't classes in London, but they're on that east of England border um, to be able to buy a house under 407,000 because it's just pretty much impossible to buy a new build, you know, unless you're buying a flat or maybe a, a two bed. Mm. Um, you know, it's incredibly difficult. Whereas, you know, a couple of months ago, you could buy anything up to 600K. So it's quite a big difference for those pockets in England. There's some people that have really been adversely affected. What about like, well, the people that are listening. So, you know, we, we touched on this for first time buyers only, right? So imagine if one person's a first time buyer and their partner or husband or wife, whatever it is, they own the property or have owned the property before, would they be able to qualify for help to buy or shared ownership? No. So again, it's quite, you know, it's quite strict ruling on this that they, they treat you as a collective. So if there is what I mean, I've had this incident a few times recently. So we've had one person, first time buyer, someone's owned one in the past, not eligible for the help to buy scheme because you both have to be first time buyers. Um, well, and there's disparity with that across the board. And you, you know, Anish, that some lenders class you as first time buyers in inverted mm -hmm. brackets in terms of what products they will offer you if you've not owned a home for, say, three years. They'll say, actually, right. you, you're eligible for our first time buyer product again. But that is not, that, that doesn't sort of, um, consult, I don't know the right word I'm looking for. It doesn't, doesn't reflect, if you like, the rules around how to buy. So although a lender might give you a first time buyer product, how to buy very much, you know, see you as a collective and you're not a first time buyer with them. Basically, if you own a property or have owned the property, that's it. Rule it out yeah. completely. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. But that will probably move the first time buyer market anyway, which will help all these people get onto the property ladder. Yeah. And I think on the whole, like I said, I think if you look at the scheme on, on paper, actually, you know, I, I must say that, you know, it, it looks like quite a good move. I can see why they've done it. I just think to put, you know, a blanket across certain areas and say, right, your East Midlands, your Southeast, your London, you know, when there's actually such a huge disparity, you know, the top end of East Midlands, you'll be able to buy, you know, a nice free size bedroom house for the price cap, but actually right on the bottom of it, which is South Northamptonshire, where we are, we're actually, we're kind of Oxfordshire. We're so, you know, it's just not at all. So I think they probably need to look a bit more closely at that, um, you know, rather than just, like I say, throw a blanket across the whole, the whole area, if you like. Perfect. And the current scheme, well, not the current scheme, the new scheme, which is starting on the 1st of April, how long is that going to be around for? So it's, it's the new scheme is, is titled 2021 to 2023. So 31st of March, 2023, that's done. Um, I would imagine, I don't know the, the specific dates in there, but I would imagine, you know, they're probably going to cut off reservations like they did for this, the scheme that's just gone, you know, probably somewhere around about the December time yeah. to make sure that you can complete before the end of the scheme. Because the nature of new builds um, will be that often you're buying them off plan. Because, mm. you know, these new builders don't want to be buy, building loads and loads of houses and having them sat empty. So they're building them, you know, you're reserving them off plan, which means, you, you know, it's not even built yet. You'll see drawings of it. You'll see floor plans of it. You'll have the measurements of it. Um, but you're potentially reserving it up to six months, sometimes even longer. I mean, in London, I remember speaking to a broker in London, and you probably vouch for this. There was a guy there that um, did loads of new builds in the centre of London. And they were like, they were selling off plan like up to 18 months before. Yeah. Because there was such high demand. You know, people from like Singapore were buying them, overseas were buying them. Such high demand. They were, you know, I think that's quite an extreme example, but it just shows that, you know, you are buying them quite far ahead. So they would, yeah, they're likely to cut off reservations 
probably around about the November, December time, I would think, just to make sure they are built. It can be occupied before the scheme stops. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what happens thereafter, whether they bring something else out or whether it just completely stops and that's they're going to start phasing it out. Who knows? Um, I know uh, Boris a few months ago was yeah. talking about, um, you know, trying to turn sort of generation rent into generation buy and saying that mm. he was going to introduce something to, you know, sort of kickstart the first time buyer market up and above what's already happened without to buy. So that'll be interesting. Any thoughts, Anish, on, you know, what, what they could do? You know, you probably remember the, the old how to buy guarantee scheme where they would sort of, you know, allow lenders to give 5% deposit mortgages, but the government would indemnify um, part of it if they fell, fell behind. Do you think something like that might work? Or I think this regional price cap, they're going to see how it goes, right? In the first instance, they're never going to commit to anything because Boris said he's going to look into bringing back 95% mortgages, but we're still waiting, right? Yeah. So I don't really know in honesty because the current market, things change on a daily basis, as you can probably vouch for as well. So I think they're going to have to do something because they can't just scrap the scheme and be like, we're not helping any first-time buyers because they've helped so many people so far. You know, yeah. uh, to witness myself included, when I bought my first flat, I did it on help to buy. And yeah. I wouldn't have been able to buy the property unless that government assistance was there. Yeah, and yeah. Like 2013, I think, or 2012. So it was a while ago. So I think the government's going to have to do something to help the first-time buyer market get onto the property ladder because you know there is a sort of shortage for homes people do want to move but as we all know it's not as easy as to just say i'm going to buy this property you know people do need assistance so i think the government will have to think of something i have no idea what to be honest, yeah but something will need to come what do you think yeah i think you're absolutely right mate i think you know particularly obviously with the, with the stamp duty incentive that's ending soon so you know, it's going to be interesting what happens with the housing market thereafter and um, we're already probably seeing signs of it slowing down a little bit because yep. people are now have accepted that actually that looks like it probably is not going to get extended um in terms of you know a, a, an actual extension rather than just letting mm -hmm. people that are already in the pipeline complete a bit later so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the market and obviously that was put in place to you know stimulate the market and, and, and keep it keep it going in, in during the pandemic so i think they're going to have to do something. Um, I think you and I would both say we'd, we'd like to see a return of 5% deposit mortgages. Um, but lenders, you know, are just a bit cautious of doing that right now. So, um, you know, it's, I guess it's a case of the government will need to do something to provide some guarantees to the lenders that if they do that, that they can indemnify, you know, uh, any people that fall behind with payments or whatever it might be. So mm. I hope there will be something, um, particularly, you know, because of where I am in the country, um, you know, with, with Brackley and, and sort of the, the East Midlands being affected by this new help to buy scheme, it'd be nice if something else comes in to to incentivise first time buyers yeah. to get to get on the ladder for sure. I think you know what, Tom. I'm not going to lie. On a like sort of final note, I'm quite glad where I am in terms of. For me, it's not really affected me or any of my clients because six hundred thousand forty percent deposit, well, government assistance. Whereas in, you probably had a lot of people on your side. You know, like it has affected them so you know what tom i'm just going to leave brackley and bista to you <laughs> i'm going to stay in london mate yeah but do you have any uh, final thoughts before we sort of finish off uh, no I'm, well, you know obviously i hope that people have enjoyed it and um uh, listened to it and you know be keen to hear if there are any first-time buyers listening that have perhaps been affected by this these new regional price caps you know, drop us a comment reach out to us have a chat 
Um, but yeah, otherwise, just just the normal, you know. Thanks for listening. Um, we're available on all your uh, <laughs> podcast platforms now, however you choose to consume your podcast. So give us a, a subscribe, share our posts, let us know what your thoughts are, and tune in next week. We'll be back, back in your ears, giving you some more property knowledge as always. Nice. Uh, what I want to say, just one last point is, if any of you are unsure of your regional price caps, just send one of us a message and we'll happily you know, get back to you and let you know what the regional price cap is. Uh, we can also send you a link to what the price caps are in the UK. Yeah, for sure. But on a final note, guys, look, thank you for everyone that's listened to us so far and we'll be back next week. The latest, the latest UK property news.